Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Asian Dating Podcast. Today, we have Karina. She's been on the show before, and I wanted her to come back because she has this amazing program where she helps people make online dating effective and fun and enjoyable. So Karina is back. Karina is a Canadian expat with a Bachelor of Fine Arts and Film a natural connector with a strong instinct for who is meant to be. She developed a diverse network of friends and colleagues with whom she played Cupid. After six marriages between people she introduced, the floodgates opened. After her three-year stint with a boutique luxury matchmaking firm in Santa Monica, she started her own business, Atlas Matchmaking. So Karina, welcome to the show. Thank you, May. So nice to see you. I love this time together. So thank you for the invite. It's good to be back. Yes, yes. It's just so much fun to talk about dating. I mean, I really don't get sick of talking about dating. There are so many things that we could talk about, even like little subcategories and we could just dive into deep rabbit holes and really get deep into some of these topics later. But uh, today we're going to talk about making online dating effective and enjoyable. And yeah, let's get started. What do you have for us? Well, so we had a great session the last time together and we covered some of the more practical interactive tips that I have for, um, you know, how to actually utilize the apps and make them effective. I don't think we covered things like how to avoid catfish and that kind of stuff. I feel like that's sort of covered out there in the world. So what I wanted to talk about today is sort of information that people don't get other places. And I think the first tip that I have doesn't just cover online dating, it covers dating in general, I think. And it's the tip that I think when taken on board by my clients becomes the most effective in them transforming their experience of dating. So again, this is about attitude. There's so many attitudes we can adopt that will make a difference for us when we're dating. And this particular one is an approach and I call it the science experiment. So most people that come to us as matchmakers, I don't know if you find this, but they've come for a reason. They're having a hard time. They find online dating miserable or untenable. They're not having any success. They're kind of fed up with it. And you know, like I, you and I had talked about, I still encourage clients, even when they work with me as a matchmaker, to keep online dating for a bunch of different reasons we can go over. But what can make a massive difference immediately for people in seeing a different result is to sort of adopt the attitude that I don't know what I don't know and to start treating their dating life and their the interactions they're having online and who they're meeting in person like a science experiment. So very often what we do is we go into swiping on an app or we go into a first date where we've already sort of drawn conclusions about who could be right for us, about whether we're going to have a good time or not based on, you know, the brief messaging we had with somebody. Uh, based on how cute they are in their profile photo. We have a lot of preconceived ideas about what's going to work, what's not, what's fun, what's not. And I really encourage people to drop all of that as quickly as they can and adopt this idea that right now I know what hasn't worked for me. So let me take this approach of looking at my dating life like a science experiment. I can go in with a hypothesis that let's say um, I, I, I don't want to date anybody that doesn't have a college education or doesn't have a, let's say, a, a, an advanced degree. That, my hypothesis is that I wouldn't be compatible with somebody who doesn't have an advanced degree. But I've been working 
the online dating world with that hypothesis and it hasn't been fruitful. So why don't I just keep that as a, as a theory, but why don't I try something new and gather some data? which means why don't I start trying to meet some people that maybe started their own business. They didn't do an MBA, but they've reached a certain level of success that doesn't have anything to do with their educational background, or maybe they're an artist and that's not their particular uh, forte. But so I'm not excluding so many people. And the idea is if you can adopt this attitude of a science experiment, we go in with hypotheses, but we continue to gather data in the process of dating until a conclusion draws itself. Anybody that knows anything about the scientific method, and I'm going to butcher this because science is not my area of expertise, but so for all the scientists and engineers out there, forgive me for this, but you'll get the gist of what I'm saying, which is it's okay to have a bunch of hypotheses, but while you're dating, just gather data, which means date as many people as you can, you know, give people opportunities, give people second dates, and allow yourself to gather information and data points until a conclusion is naturally drawn by the experience, as opposed to letting your mind pre-draw a conclusion about someone. So would you say that there are some apps out there that don't tell you a lot of information about the match? So isn't that a great way of going about it? So are you saying that it's okay that people don't put a lot of information on their profiles or that when they do go out with somebody, it's almost like don't study someone's profile and then go out and meet them and then question them almost like a resume to make sure those points match from what they tell you in person, but rather just go in and be like, okay, this seemed like some, someone I want to meet. Like, that's kind of the approach I take when I go see a movie, right? I, when I go see a movie, I look, maybe I watch the trailer and then I find out what it's about. And then I don't think about it for a few weeks. So then I forget about what it was about, but I knew it was a movie I wanted to see. And then I just have an open mind when I go in to see the movie. I don't know yeah. if that's kind of the same, but. I don't have a problem with people putting information on their profiles. I actually think that's important. And I also, within reason, and I also think it's fine to read people's profiles and have an idea of who they are. My, what this approach means to me is don't draw conclusions. Don't make judgments based on compatible, like based on whether or not somebody can be compatible or right for you before you meet them, before you give them a chance, before you give them an opportunity. So we all have a checklist that we're showing up with, things that we think we have to have in order to be happy in a relationship. Some of those we know are real. Like for me, um, you know, if somebody wants children versus somebody doesn't want children, that's a really important factor as to whether or not compatibility is real. Values, what we value, where we spend our time, money, and energy can be very significant in terms of compatibility, but but things that are arbitrary. You and I, I mean, every matchmaker has a headache with this height, you know, hair color, uh, educational background, um, whether how much money somebody makes. It's not to say that we, you know we think that you should date somebody unemployed who who is massively in debt and has no prospects. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, in the long term, does it, long-term happiness and compatibility is not dependent on whether or not somebody is five foot eight versus you know five foot eleven or whether they have a master's degree or you know just a bachelor's like those things do not dictate whether or not you can be happy in a successful relationship but we judge other people and we limit ourselves and our and our prospects and our opportunities based on those criteria and 
I think when you tell people to just drop those things and forget about them, they can't, they don't know how. So the way that I have found that works for people is to adopt this sort of mentality of like, okay, this is a science experiment. I don't have to, my hypothesis is I need these things. I need somebody to be six foot, foot tall. I need somebody to be, you know, making a lot more money than me. I need X, Y, Z. I need all these things that seem so critical. Okay, you don't have to throw those away, but hold them a little more lightly. Hold them as a possibility as opposed to um, a, an absolute. And then gather data where, where to see if those things prove themselves out. So for example, before I met my husband, um, I didn't think, you know, I, I genuinely didn't believe that I would be compatible with someone who is Muslim. I'm a very spiritual person. Um, and I just felt that a God is very important to me, comes first, no question. Um, and I just felt that culturally, belief-wise, there would be a lack of compatibility there. And I was wrong. And I had limited myself and limited a lot of options for me in the dating pool. Um, I mean, when it when it came to being on paper, nobody on earth would have put the two of us together. We had so uh, so many discrepancies in a certain way, and it ended up being you know a fantastic relationship in a lot of ways. So um, I, I would just strongly say hold things a little more lightly. If you can come into it with this idea of an experiment, um, where you don't have to give up these strong beliefs or ideas that you have, but you can just hold them a little more loosely and allow yourself to gather data with a, within a wider sort of frame or within a wider scope of who you'll allow yourself to meet, who you'll allow yourself to consider as a possibility, it can really help you find your person a lot more quickly. So would you suggest that if they have a list to a list of six things for them to say, okay, I will meet somebody if only half the stuff is on my list, instead of being so critical on the other three items. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, how would they think, okay, I am being open-minded. I am going into this like a science experiment. Um, what degree of experiment do you want them to proceed, you know? I think this is where it's really important to have a coach or to, to turn to friends who have successful relationships, friends or family that have successful long-term relationships that you can look up to because they have a better idea of what it takes to, to have a happy relationship and sustain it than, you know, God bless our single friends who are we're trying to figure it out. Um, so for me as, as a coach, and I'm really curious what you think about this, May, but, you know, children is a massive part of compatibility. Um, I think for people, for me, kindness is a real thing. So if I'm dating somebody and um, they're rude to wait staff or they're, you know, um, constantly late for dates and disrespectful, those are disqualifiers for me. Um, somebody who's unemployed at this particular moment, irrespective of how much money they have, also for me is a, is a no-go. I, I personally am of the opinion that adults need to work, whether they financially actually need to work or not. Um, can there be exceptions to that? Sure. This is just my, you know, personal opinion um, and my experience of what makes a successful relationship um, or how lays the foundation for a successful relationship. Do I think massive social and class differences work frequently? Typically not. So you may want to consider some of those things. But when it comes to sort of the more surface level stuff that seems important until we really look at who's compatible in life, who has a successful, happy marriage, these things like height, like education, like, um, 
don't know, body type, like whatever. These things are less and less important. What's more important is do we share similar values? Do we enjoy life the same way? Do we do we participate in similar things? You know, somebody that's massively introverted and somebody who's massively extroverted are going to have a very difficult time making a relationship work. It's just I'm not saying it's impossible, but it's very, very difficult. So those are the things that I'm talking about. Um, you know, if that makes any sense. Yes. Yes, it does. Okay. Okay. Good. Good. What's your next point? Tip number two. Okay. So <laughs> try trusting your body, take your body dating with you, which just means typically I notice we're kind of heads walking around in the world, sort of separated from our physical bodies. Um, we, we're not aware always of the signals that our bodies are giving us about other people. And um, our bodies are the most important messaging system that we have about compatibility with another person. That's why I really strongly emphasize in dating that you get to an in-person date as quickly as possible. I've been listening to a lot of Alison Armstrong lately and she is a genius and I absolutely love her. But one point that I differ with her strongly is she really encourages people to do phone dates before they ever get together in person. And to me, it doesn't work. And the reason it doesn't work is because our bodies are not sharing the same physical space with another human being to be able to give us the appropriate messaging that we need. How do I feel right now? Are these good butterflies? Do I feel slightly uneasy? Um, do I feel really calm and relaxed with this person? Trusting our body messaging is much more effective in finding potential compatibility than our eyeballs telling us, oh, this person is conventionally good looking enough for me. Typically, our eyeballs are telling us how close this person is to the conventional idea of perfection in terms of good looks or, you know, everybody wants to date George Clooney or Brad Pitt. Um, so everybody's going to find them attractive. But your body will tell you if you're sitting across from somebody who's incredibly charming maybe not such a great person, you know, maybe, or maybe not such a great match for you. Maybe your body is telling you, I don't feel comfortable, you know, yeah. but, but our eyes give us different messages. So trust your body. So you're saying a zoom call is not even that effective then, right? I mean, you're saying that to actually be physically in the same room together, that's the best way to see if you guys would uh, click. Yeah, absolutely. That's 100%. That's why I strongly and I can't remember how much we got into this in our first section, but I strongly recommend when people are dating online that they make their first date a coffee date and they make it an hour to an hour and 15 minutes tops. They do it in the daytime. So I'm not talking about during the work day, but weekend day, afternoon, evening before eight o'clock in the weekday, if you must. And you keep it light and polite and short just to give you a chance. It's almost it's, it's almost not quite even a date. It's more just like a, a meet and greet kind of screening, right? It gives you the base information you need. Is this person a decent human being? How do I physically feel in their presence? Um, or do they say anything very weird? Are they respectful or disrespectful? Just those kind of fundamentals. And when you get to that kind of first coffee date as quickly as possible, um, with no alcohol involved, and I'll tell you why in a second, um, when you get through that, or when you get to that as quickly as possible when you're dating online, it really reduces the amount of emotional wear and tear, the amount of energetic impact uh, that it takes to date. You know, I hear that complaint a lot from people is that date, online dating is draining. It's very time consuming. It's very emotionally consuming. 
there are techniques that we've all learned as matchmakers or as coaches that helps people reduce the amount of emotional wear and tear, practical energy and drain that can sort of throw a wrench in your in your track. You get so tired, you, you have to take a six month break because you just can't handle how hard it is, you know? And how, yeah, so anyway, that, that's sort of that for now. Okay, so we did talk about that, how you said try as soon as possible to get out and meet them in person. A coffee date is a great way to um, just be in their presence to kind of get a gauge for what you feel when you're in front of them and if, you know, you have a connection. So, yeah. so are you saying that you don't recommend uh, drinks, drinks kind of dates or drinks and appetizers? I don't. And I mean, listen, these are not hard and fast rules. These are just my recommendations. And the reason I don't recommend drinks and appetizers for a first date, if it's somebody that you've never met before, if we're not, if they're not vetted by a matchmaker, if they're not, you know, friends that know this person that are setting you up because alcohol really influences our judgment. Um, even one drink effectively, it loosens standards. It, it, it does what we think it does, which is it makes us feel more relaxed, but it also it influences our perception and our ability to read really important messaging that's coming from both ourselves, our bodies, like we just talked about, and also the other person. And so in terms of showing up clear on a first date where this person has not been vetted by anyone, they're an absolute stranger, it's really good to have your full wits about you. Mm -hmm. And um, that's why I particularly don't recommend getting together for drinks and appetizers for a first date with a total stranger. Yeah. But it loosens them up. So maybe if they were nervous, they would be more relaxed and more themselves. And I think that's why a lot of times people prefer, you know, drinks and appetizers. They just got off work. They just want to loosen up and chill and, you know, yeah. So that's, yeah. Again, these are not hard and fast rules. Right. Everybody has to figure out what works for them. And I totally respect matchmakers and, and coaches that, that say drinks and appetizers are a great idea. I think that it can be effective. For me, this is just my particular take. So if it resonates with you, great. Uh, for anybody listening, if it resonates with you, take it. If it doesn't, leave it. And that's like all advice. Yeah, I know you were talking about uh, you doing some Alison Armstrong work or what she teaches and she's great she's a great teacher for relationships i mean tons and tons of years of experience i mean i, I love her stuff i totally usually agree with her stuff so it's a hundred percent yeah 100%. yeah okay um, so what's your next point gosh there's so many you could do with online dating um i think it, this is another attitude thing is look at it like a journey all right so very often people get frustrated and they give up really much sooner than they think or they have the, we have the expectation oh you know i've gone on uh, 20 dates and i haven't met my person and this isn't for me uh, and you know i have to take a break and what's wrong with me and you know we lament about it with our girlfriends or our guy friends or whatever so understand that it's a journey dating is a journey you know if you hit it out of the park in the first couple of dates and you find your person that's amazing but that's not normal you know, when I, I hear a lot of clients come to me, they're so discouraged because on the apps, when they're swiping, they're, you know, swiping 50 times and getting one, getting to one person, one in-person date. Um, if they even get to an in-person date, they're just, some of them are just endlessly messaging back and forth with people. It seems to go nowhere. Um, stop that. Stop having the idea that something as valuable as your life partner is not going to take effort and time. 
So be in it for the long haul is my recommendation. And whatever support you need to, to get through the hard moments, get it. Whether it's friends, you have an accountability partner, you get a coach, whatever you need to get massages once a week. So you just to de-stress from, you know, how, how uh, disappointing dating can be. Understand that's a part of it. It's a part of, it's a part of life. It's a part of having something of such high value. You wouldn't expect at work to get a promotion with no effort. It just doesn't happen that way. And we don't have those expectations around our dating life. We sort of have this fantastical Disneyfied idea that, you know, Princess or Princess Charming should just show up. They should knock on our door like the UPS guy. And it just doesn't work that way. So you know how when you just said, okay, when you start a new job, they actually put you through three months of probation before you get health insurance and things like that. So is there like a time when you go on an app to do online dating that you think, okay, it's going to take me three months to ramp up for me to feel comfortable with the online dating process? Or what are some things that they should expect? Like, is it a month that takes them to get comfortable? Is it after five dates that they should feel more comfortable? Like, is there a, I know it's different for everybody, but is there any kind of numbers that they should shoot for to feel like, oh, there's a light at the end of the tunnel? Well, this is the important part and everybody's different. So everybody has a different level of confidence coming into dating and online dating and understand that whatever your level is, it's totally normal and totally fine. If you wanna build confidence when you're dating, in any, this is the same as building confidence in anything. Confidence comes from competence. Competence is based, in my opinion, in two things, experience and enjoyment. So the more experience, this is another argument for, for widening your filter of who you're willing to meet and who you're not willing to meet. Widening your filter means you're gonna have more experiences. You're gonna see more people. You're gonna have more coffee dates. You're gonna to start to gather more data about what's working for you, what's not working for you. You're gonna give yourself more kicks at the can, more practice partners if you wanna look at it that way. And that will grow your confidence when it comes to your skills as a dater because dating is a skill. And this is a profound misunderstanding that I find a lot of people have is that we sort of, the way we think like, well, when we're gonna be parents, uh, the kid's gonna show up and we'll just know what we're, we're supposed to do. It doesn't work that way. It's the same with dating. Dating is a skill that, that we're not born with. Some of us are very charming and that's fantastic. And God bless those people that, that have that particular skill. That's not the vast majority of us. So we have to develop that as a skill. And by to do that, we need to give ourselves experience. And the more we enjoy that experience, the easier it is. Um, but understand it's experience that gives us competence, which then translates to confidence. That said, it's a different timeline for everyone. So, you know, for me, when I started dating before I met my husband, it took me a, a solid, I would say six weeks, probably, I don't know, 10 or 15 dates to start to feel like I was having a good time. I could show up and be relaxed and enjoy myself. That may be more or less for other people, you know, but I did like, I mean, I really was serious about dating, learning it from the perspective of a matchmaker, from the perspective of a professional, as opposed to just me as an individual. So I did like 160 something first dates in a year, second dates, third dates, little relationships, you know, I really went for it. Do whatever it takes is my advice. And 
do you have goals for yourself? Do you have measurable goals and sort of expectations of yourself that you can set on a daily or weekly basis so that you can see yourself making progress? You can see yourself, okay, have I spent two months never getting past a first date with anyone? That's concerning. You should start to look at why that might be. Maybe you want to talk to a coach. But if you're saying, okay, I'm going to do, you know, either time-wise, I'm going to do a half an hour on the apps every day. Um, I'm going to do 10 you know, swipes a day, I'm going to do one coffee date a week, whatever your goals are, set them in concrete the way you would for anything else that you're trying to achieve in your life, because you're going to want to see progress. If you don't set those goals for yourself, you're going to have a really hard time seeing if you're making any progress in the world of dating. I feel like when I was dating, I was making sure I was going out socially because I felt like socially would make me talk to other people, would make me practice my talking skills because I was very much an introvert, um, an awkward introvert growing up. In high school, I had permed hair. I was not cute in college. I mean, I got braces when I was in college. So it was a tough time. I mean, it was definitely something you have to consciously think about. Um, Whatever age you are, whether you're you know, 18 or 20s or 30s, it's like, okay, I should go out on one date every month and then one date every three weeks and then one date every two weeks and then one date once a week, but I need to get out and socialize or hang out with other people twice a week. So maybe I'll meet someone that way organically. So I think it really, you really need to have a plan because the people who come to me now with matchmaking or with date coaching, they didn't have a plan. They just feel like, okay, I'm 30 years old, I'm 35, I should get married, so now I'm looking. Okay, what? how many people have you been meeting or dating? I went out on a couple dates last year. That is not focusing on dating, you know? So it's like, they need a plan and we almost, that's our job as matchmaker or date coaches is kind of holding their hand and like, pushing them out there and holding them accountable because their parents are not like, hey, are you dating this week? And are you going out and making friends and being social? So a lot of that stuff, I think, is, um, like you said, a skill. Like you need to actively learn how to be better at dating or be better at making conversation with the opposite sex and yeah. just some kind of guidance. So We need to learn about ourselves. We need to learn the things that we don't know. And a coach or a, or a matchmaker can be really helpful. Like I was telling you earlier, I was talking to a client today who was out on a date. This is a very, very handsome, very successful guy. I mean, I mean, you know, very elite in that regard. And um, was absolutely shocked to hear that the woman he had his date with was interested in seeing him on a second date because he had experienced her as disinterested on their date and so and and had thereby shut down um, on the date had dismissed her as as a prospect and so when we talked about it i asked you know what had happened that had made him feel that she was disinterested and was very what was very clear clear to me as a woman was she was she was nervous she was uh intimidated he's he's much more professionally successful than she is he's a very handsome guy um has his own insecurities like we all do but you know trusting himself less trusting his ability to read people a little bit less would have been helpful for him you know he shut down 
the, the, a, a great prospect and, and a, what was a great potential date just from misunderstanding, thinking he had more skill in that area than he actually had, if that makes any sense. So we all have stuff to learn. Uh, yeah, I, I, I hope that's yeah, with dates, I mean, I always just say, just be the best dater, even though this person sitting across from you, you're not interested in, but go ahead and practice dating, practice communicating with them, practice giving compliments, you know, do all those things. Um, I mean, you're on the date anyway, it's going to be another hour that you're going to be hanging out with this person, you might as well make the most out of it, right? Might as well do your best. Yeah. And try to get a second date. I always say, be the best dater. So that person wants to go out with you again. And it's okay that you reject that person, but at least you were a good enough date that someone wanted to see you again, because that's going to make you a great dater. And for me as a matchmaker, when I have a client that everybody else wants a second date with, I think, wow, he's a quality guy. I'm going to set him up with quality women, you know, but if nobody wants to date you again, I would be like, wow, you're a crappy dater. Maybe I should find some other women that are crappy daters for you. So you guys can, you know, be together. together. Yeah. Right. Like, is that who you're looking for? Like, you're going to be such a bad date that you want me to find dates who are bad for you because that's what you're saying to me. Like, that's what you're communicating to me is that you're not a good dater. So maybe you deserve someone who's also not a good dater. So you guys are compatible. So that's a dangerous attitude that I think we can all fall into by accident, which is that we don't have any work to do on ourselves. And it's the exact opposite. You know, if, if dating teaches you anything, it's, it's a fantastic personal growth path. Other people mirror us really, really well, and they show us where we have room to grow. So if you're willing to treat it that way, as a way to learn about yourself, as a way to grow, as a way to become a better, more loving, kinder person, more able to, to be a good date for someone else, you will find love much more quickly as a whole. And you'll have a much better time doing it. And that's the last thing, the last piece of advice I was gonna say if we have time, which is cut other people a break. You know, we're really, manage your own expectations. Um, you're not that great, <laughs> whoever you are. I mean, you're fantastic. You're un- a unique snowflake and I love you. And at the same time, you know, I was talking to again, another client the other day, um, who was saying he's so frustrated because, and this is a great guy. I mean, nothing wrong with this guy at all. He's saying he's so frustrated because he feels like on apps, women expect some great opening message, some great opening line. And I've, I've experienced that with female clients as well. They're like, well, he's putting in very little effort. He just asked, he just said, hello, how was your day? What do you expect? What do you expect? This has no relation. I mean, this is not a performing circus monkey, okay? The more charming, um, you know, Patrick, uh, who's that guy from American Psycho? The charm is a, is a, is a enjoyable quality in people, but it is not necessarily a good sign when it comes to looking for a potential partner. It can be very deceptive. So the guy who has the greatest opening line that can charm literally the pants off you is somebody you might wanna watch out for. The guy that isn't the most skilled opening messenger who opens with, hi, how are you? What is wrong with that? Why are we disqualifying these people? Women, we've decided it's a lack of effort or a lack of interest. It's not. Our expectations are unreasonably high. Well, it's no different than women who uh, are not funny. And they're like, I want a guy who's funny. I want a guy who's going to have a great sense of humor, uh, who's going to knock my socks off. It's like, okay, but that's not 
that's not how you should look for a partner. You know, how you should look for a partner is give people a chance. That's it. Yeah. So I, I think mean, it just yeah. comes down to that. I mean, yeah. just it, <laughs> it, it, did we just sum up our whole business, mate? Yeah. That is the business plan for people. Just just give people a chance and you'll find somebody, right? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, this is so fun. It sounds like I think this is the end of the the session that we've got today. (laughs) I've loved this. I hope it's helpful for people. I mean, this is why people come and pay me the big bucks to work with them individually. But, you know, these are real secrets that really actually work if people take them in and and listen. I was just going to say that... um, if people who hire a matchmaker or a date coach and they get feedback, like where else can you get honest, truthful feedback than from a matchmaker who you go out with another person and you really like her, but you don't know what you did wrong. Well, guess what? Your matchmaker can find out what you did wrong and then tell you or back you up with, you know, the woman but that's a way for you to learn about yourself and to grow and to get better. It's like, oh, I didn't realize I did that. Or, you know, a common, common uh, mistake that men made make is when they go out on a date and they're staring at the woman, but there's a TV above her and oh, he's staring yeah. at the TV the whole time, even though he wants to go out with her again. I'm like, well, she doesn't want to go out with you again because she thought you were not interested because you kept staring at the TV above her. So I guess in instances like that is um, you got to make sure you find places to go out on a date where there's not a TV to tempt you or you know what your weakness is. So make sure you sit with the TV behind you versus having it distract in front of you. I'm sure you could find a place to sit, the other chairs or whatever, where you're facing each other and not looking at the TV screen. So it's little things like that that he probably didn't realize what he was doing, but because he hired a matchmaker. So now I get to tell him what he did wrong that made her upset. And just so many little things that should be an episode coming up is like, what are these little things that men and women sabotage. are out on? I mean, yeah. sabotaging their dates, right? Yeah. Let's talk about that next time. That's a, that's a great topic because it seems little, but it's so crucial. And that's another way it kind of ties into my last point, which is cut other people a break. Stop making these little things deal breakers. You know, I had a client who she was out with a fantastic guy that she found wildly attractive. He was really into her. We're having great conversation. They were about to order their meal. She wanted to get pizza and she asked him really excited. Do you want to share pizza with me? And he said, I'm good. No, no, thanks. And the date just fell flat from there. She was like, I, I felt judged that I was getting a pizza. He just didn't want to eat pizza. Right. Why is this? Do you know what I mean? We're, we're completely nuts about this kind of thing. I know. So, I know. Yeah. Anyway, I next. Mean, on one hand, on one hand, you could tell any guy like, okay, if she's trying to share something with you, whether it's dessert or share an entree, the right answer is yes. Right. You just order it and say, oh yeah, I'll totally share it with you because it's like a form of intimacy, right? Like you're going to share something on a first date or second date or third date. And that's a great thing. People like sharing stuff or sharing the menu when you look at it or that kind of stuff, or, Hey, do you want to try my whatever drink and then have someone try your drink? Like those are all signs of that they're interested in you and the guy probably missed it like well i actually didn't want pizza because guys are 
they say what they mean and they mean what they say. They're literal. Like, They're literal. I don't want pizza, but go ahead. You know, he didn't think anything of it, but then she thought too much of it. So this yeah. is how we misunderstand each other. And this is how unique the, the dating experience is and how much a matchmaker or a coach can be helpful because that's two different conversations with two different clients that made two different mistakes that meant that they missed each other. Right. They had a great right. initial connection and it fell flat because they just misunderstood each other. Right. You know, right. you have a translator in there to fix it like us. Well, thank you, Karina, for a fun discussion as usual. And I appreciate you being on the show. And for those of you who are looking for Karina, I will put all her information in the show notes. Please like or subscribe. If you have any questions, please email may at two Asian matchmakers.com. That's T W O. Asian matchmakers with an S.com. I would be happy to have any kind of podcast episode on any topic you want to talk about. And uh, we'll see y'all later. Bye. Thanks, May. Bye.